Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes Fantasy Basketball Podcast, hosted by HashtagBasketball.com, your home for the very best fantasy tools and analysis on the internet. I'm here with my co-host, Tyler P. Watts, and we're going to get right into your next question. Next question in the hottest questions in the preseason series. What is going on? This is a this is a user submitted question. What is going on in Phoenix? Now this might have been a question from someone who's like lives in Phoenix and they're like, hey, what's what's going on? Like what what's going on this weekend? Who's what bands are playing? Uh what uh restaurants are recently open? What hot restaurants have just opened in the Phoenix area or in Scottsdale? Or whatever the other seven small towns around Phoenix are called. Um, I don't know the answer to that question. Please stop sending those types of questions and send better questions. But this question, I, I, if if it is about what's going on with the Phoenix Suns this season for fantasy basketball, that's you know that's actually pretty. That's a pretty good question. Um, I. We did talk a little bit in the past about our good friend, Devin Booker. But we got Kevin Durant. We got Bradley Beal on the team now. We got Chris Paul uh, sent into the wilderness, uh, into the Bay Area. And then we got, you know, the DeAndre Ayton situation, which is... Like just stagnant. It's just kind of sitting. It's like a rich man's uh, John Collins situation, where it's like, well, he's not the right fit, but he's good enough. But we've also been trying to get rid of him for like three or four years. But also, we didn't get rid of him for three or four years. Finally, Johnny Collins is on a on a new team. Um, they went all in on Durant. Tyler, fantasy wise, what what are you doing with the players on Phoenix? Um, I'll start by asking you a question. Do you draft anyone other than their big four, if that's what you want to call it? Now, I, I get Aiton is not really an all-star or, or whatever, so it's not really a big four, but like they're the big four guys for fantasy. Are you drafting anyone else on their team? Um, no. 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 And so then this makes this a very risky team to me, right? In, in real basketball, in fantasy basketball... Um, Booker and Durant have not been super healthy in recent years. There's the Aiton situation, which you mentioned, and from my uh, word on the situation, they tried to trade Aiton this summer. They were wanting to do it. They couldn't find a deal that they thought made their roster better. So they're kind of stuck with him. So take that for what you will. He wanted more touches. They traded for Bradley Beal. If if there's one thing I know about Bradley Beal is he's going to take more shots than Chris Paul. So if anything, Aiton's getting less touches and not more. Um, so there's that that undercurrent, right? And there's also, you know, three very talented players on this roster, but there's no real point guard. And I get, I mean, I think Devin Booker's going to take that role. They say Bradley Beal's starting, so that's a little confusing. Um, I feel good about drafting Durant, Beal, and Booker. I feel fine about drafting Aiton if it's in the right spot. I don't want anyone else on this team, and that makes them 
pretty scary for fantasy because if one of those big guys goes down, I'm not sure anyone can step up. Yeah, um, yeah. Even if if one of those guys go down, goes down, the bench shows up. I'm, I'm, I don't even know if I'm picking them up off the waiver wire. Quite frankly, it's 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 a really really shallow team. They're like like I said, they're going all in on Kevin Durant. And let's talk about Kevin Durant. Currently, his ADP is ten, which and. And that's the thing about all these guys, other than maybe Aiden, um, Ten's a pretty nice place to have Kevin Durant, right? He's he's risky from a health-wise point of view, but you're also talking about a guy whose you know per game value is still absolutely top five, top three. Last season, top three. So the thing with Ten, um, or near the turn. Feels right. Yeah, I'm scared. I'm really scared. Oh, yeah. Just because I hold my breath in, but I, I might still pick them. It's, it's Thirty points a game. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Thirty-five, fifty-five, forty-seven. The last three years, zero. The year before that, because he had the Achilles. Um, just a lot of wear and tear on that body. A lot of minutes. He's thirty-five. You know, in September. I don't know, man. I'm, I'm scared of it. Um. I love Durant. I love watching Durant, but I'm I'm scared of it even at ten. Like, I don't know. I want to feel good about my first round pick, and honestly, I just don't feel good about Durant anymore. Like staying healthy for more than fifty games. That's like really, really fair. I'm gonna let's play. This is our first round. Let's play. Who would you rather draft? Um, Kevin Durant or Anthony Davis? <sighs> yeah, you just gotta mm-hmm. hit me where it hurts right That's off the one. That That's the one. That's the question. Uh, I, I, Durant, but I don't feel good about it. All right, Kevin Durant or Kyrie Irving? Durant, because Irving could just retire at any moment, as far as I'm concerned. Kevin Durant or Jaron Jackson Jr.? Durant. Kevin Durant. Too much, too much weight on the blocks for Jackson Jr. That's fair. Kevin Durant or James Harden? Durant, because I'm not sure Harden's going to play. So, out of the the guys who I would say talent wise are in that space, um, Anthony Davis is the only one that was kind of like I would say a hard one to figure out. But you went Kevin Durant on all of them, so it's like, all right, Kevin Durant or Sabonis? Eh, this is this is my point. It's all injured guys at this at this space. All top tier injured guys or guys who are definitely second round guys, uh, second round guys who have to finish out the first round. Fuck but what? again, so, but, but I don't think you are. And this is my, this is my thought process on it. Give me someone like Trey Young or Devin Booker. And here's why. If Trey Young plays 75 games and Durant even plays 60, like, isn't Trey Young going to be much more valuable over the space of the season? Getting you, I mean, I get it. Like, there's going to be a bad field goal percentage, and there's, but there's a ton of assists. There's like some really good points. There's some decent threes. You know what I mean? And so, like, I, I want to feel good about the person that I take in the first round playing 65 to 70 games. And with the rant, I just don't. And if I can get the rant in the second round on the comeback, like, this is what I think you're going to end up with in this space, anyways, right? You're going to end up with a guy at 10 that plays. 50 games or 75 and you're going to end up with the reverse at the other pick like in the second round yeah so everybody who goes safe 
is going to let the guys with injuries drop into the second round, and then they're going to get picked up. Or if people don't go safe and they go Anthony Davis, Kevin Durant, James Harden, well, then you're going to get Kevin Booker or Sabonis or Trey Young in the second round. Yeah, and so, I don't know. Like, I, I just, I prefer to go with a safe guy first. I'd like to take my pick of those safe guys and then be stuck with the injury guy that's I'm stuck with. Uh, the the worst best injury guy or the best worst injury guy and that's fair um which is probably why kevin durant's going around 10 because he is the to me kevin durant is the best injury guy because his his upside's crazy anthony davis is probably right there with him yeah i mean davis davis is has, i mean we've seen davis be what top three four and so, I mean, yeah, so it's, it's there. Um, I don't know. I, I just, it, it's a weird space. And this is what I mentioned, like, I think back in our first kind of episode of the season was like, I don't feel good about a lot of players in the first round. And so then, you know, you have a lot of tough decisions to make, right? Are these guys phasing out of the first round? And then who's coming in to take their spots? And there's a lot of players in there that I'm just like, I don't know. I don't feel good about it. Yeah. There's a lot of young talent in there, which is why I've, you know, I've seen some people take some reaches in like round three and round four, and I'm like, really? But then I'm kind of thinking to myself, well, the ceiling's high enough. It's like, well, someone's got to break out. Someone has to become the next Jimmy Butler. Someone has to become the next Kyrie Irving. So someone, someone has to fall, like, start moving up the rankings. Uh, someone's going to break out this year. Some 24 to 26 year old is going to absolutely have a breakout season. Uh, who that is, I, I have no idea, quite frankly. But uh, let, let me let me ask you something. All right, this is something that I do. Depending on my league, so you got to know your got to know your competition. Yeah. Um, if I think I can nail the back half of my draft, meaning get the guys that I want at spots where I think they're going to overperform their value, okay. I will do this, and this doesn't follow any ranking set that I would publish or anything like that, but I pass on the Durants, the Davis, the Kyrie Irving, the Harden, and I go for two guys I feel good about playing a lot of games, even if they're both going to be second-round players. That's fair. The, thought process, the thought process is this, right? I, I just need something at the top. If I can nail the back half, I just need something at the top. And shooting for the moon is great, right? But at the same time, like, if Durant plays 35 games, which we saw him do, you know, a couple seasons ago, he played 47 last year, you're hurting for a lot of the season. Absolutely. And so there are times where I'll go for a, a Trey Young and a Donovan Mitchell, a Trey Young and a Devin Booker, because I feel good about those two guys playing 70 games. And I'll figure out the back half when I figure it out. Now, in an expert league, that's a very dangerous strategy. Right? Yes. Like, if everyone, if everyone knows what they're doing and is really, really good and going to take off all the players you want because they know you want them, that's a dangerous strategy. But if it's a league of people that I think, hey, man, I'm going to get this guy, I'm going to get this guy, I, I, might, I might just go safe. If you're, if you're playing... Um, just doing a random mock draft on Yahoo, chances are you are getting like Chris Middleton at like 90-something, right? When you do a uh, mock draft with people who actually know how to play, you're not going to get him there. 
So that is a risky that is a risky thing to do. Um, I kind of like to play the hedge my bet strategy. So if I am going to take a risk on Anthony Davis, uh, then go get Dante Sabonis or, or or someone a lot more solid right after him. You know, go get Anthony Edwards. Um, you know, reach for that solid second um, round player and take a risk. So if the risk of Anthony Davis pans out, well, shit. I got a really good first, a uh, fantastic first round player, and I still got my solid second round player. And if it doesn't work out, well, I still got my solid second round player. I can figure this out. So yeah, um, and I don't, I don't want the Tums team, right? Where my stomach's a little upset every night because I've got Durant and Kyrie Irving, I've got Durant and Anthony Davis, I've got Durant and James Harden, right? Like. There's just a little too much risk there for me. That is that is high risk, high reward, and quite frankly, the risk is too high. So I would not recommend doing that. We talked about Devin Booker in a previous episode. I don't want to dwell on him too much. We both got him as a solid uh, second-round player that you really could, if you're playing it safe, decide that Devin Booker being um, you know, tw- about to be 27 years old, it's time for him to thrive as point... Devin Booker, if the Phoenix Suns take over the team, be the, you know, go get up to 30 points a game, get up to seven, eight assists a game. Who knows, right? If that's what you think he's going to do, then, like, taking him on the turn is perfectly fine. So, I, I, you know, I actually might have a lot of Devin Booker on my teams. I think the, the only thing maybe preventing him from becoming a true point Devin Booker would be point Bradley Beal. Uh, which, as you've stated, Bradley Beal is the starting point guard on the Phoenix Suns. Um, and we've seen this before, though, maybe not with, like, two guards, which I find kind of interesting, two guys who might actually have the ball in their hand a lot. Um, usually in a big three situation, two guys eat and the third guy struggles. Well, Bradley Beal's kind of been struggling anyway without the other guys. Now he's on a team where he is, in my opinion, the third best offensive player on the team he i guess like he's coming into a into a situation where he's going to be a third fiddle he's going to have his uh shots go down but he is going to be more open he is going to not have the best defender on him every single night 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 in and night out where are you drafting bradley beal because right now his adp is 64 that's a good question I'd like to do kind of a an experiment first, if, if that's yeah, all with you. Yeah, sure. You ready for an experiment? I, I like to do these these math experience experiments from time to time. Um, so this team's going to score relatively how many points a game, you think? Uh, 110. Is that low? Is okay. that low? Maybe on... Uh, well... They scored last year. The worst team in the league last year... Uh, which was the Miami Heat scored 109 and a half. Now, Seems low. what they scored last year might might not matter because they have a different coach and they're going to play a little bit differently. But they scored 113.6. Okay. Last year. Sure. Uh, best team in the league was the Kings, scored 120. Oh, okay. okay. This team has no defense. Interesting. There. Okay. Is that fair? Yeah, no, that's that very, it's very fair, very fair. So how does this, how does this team win a game? Sort of like the Kings last year, right? They're gonna have to score a lot of points if they're gonna win a lot of games. If that's the strat, 
They're going to have to be in the top half of the league in points scored. Like, 115 plus. Okay? Okay. Does anyone on the team, other than Grant, Beal, Booker, Aiton, average more than 10 points a game? Mm. Someone's going to have to. Well, the Miami Heat had three 10-point-per-game scored. Yeah. The only three people scored during the LeBron era. Only, only three people did it. Now, you could say Eric Gordon's going to do it. Okay, maybe he gets 10. Maybe he gets 11. I don't see him getting much more than that. Yeah. That maybe one, like, maybe one guy. Someone, someone's got to, but who, like, yeah. Okay, so you're spaying. There's 105 points left. Each one of these guys is going to score like six, seven. That's in the rotation. There's going to be a lot of a lot of points for those top guys. There's going to be a lot, and I don't think Aiton's going to score that many. Like Aiton's going to be around like fifteen a game, I think. Yeah, it's going to leave a lot, a lot of points for Beal, for Booker, and for Durant to score. And so, you know, how much is that going to hurt Beal? Like, I don't think Beal's going to be thirty like he was, you know, when he was leading the league, but. I honestly think he's going to score over 20 points a game. But yeah, last season he's he scored have to. 23 um, on 17 and a half attempts. Kind of reasonable. Yeah, and so I don't, I don't, I think his numbers from last year are are, are possible. They're doable. It might be a little bit down, but the assist might be a little bit up. We've seen him average six before. Yeah. Maybe him and Booker split that split that more than, than people think. And so, Beal going 64th, I like that pick. I think he's a top 50 player. He 100% has top 50 upside. Um, I have him in that, like, you know, late, mid to late 40s currently. Um, he could, like you're saying, maybe he is the de facto point guard. Maybe those assists do go up. Maybe the points stay where they are. Um, and he, he shoots a little bit more threes. He shoots a little bit better because he's open, right? Um, which is hard to say because he shot 50% last season, right? So, like, that would be he, – he's a great scorer. So um, maybe he does have room for improvement because he's the third third fiddle, which is rare, but it's because we're talking about two point guards, right? So they kind of get to dictate the, uh, the action uh, on the floor. I think if you see anyone – who has top 50 upside, outside of the top 50, you need to be drafting him with, their, with your next pick. That's how I see that first plateau region. We talk about it all the time. You got the, the, the first ranking, you know, your first ranking, top tier guys. You got your second tier and your third tier. Your third tier ends somewhere in the mid 40s. If you are past pick 50 and you see, someone who could finish in that top 50 they need to be the next person you draft period because that whole plateau region after that basically from 45 48 down to almost 70 all those guys are relatively close to each other but someone with an upside of a tier of being like a top 40 player i'm willing to draft that guy every single time in the fifth round the sixth round the seventh round certainly any time after that Yeah, here's the other thing, too. If it's a shallow league, um, you're going to get some high-quality games from Beal. Now he's only averaged, like, 52 a game, fifty-two a season for the last four years. Um, I don't think that's that bad to take in a 12-team league because 
even if he doesn't play that much, like you can always just stash him on your IR, replace him with somebody, and you're going to get some someone decent. And so, like, if you're looking at per game rankings, right, and he's a top fifty player in per game, and you can pick him at sixty. It pick sixty. That's still a really good value because you're still going to get a, a pretty darn close to a top fifty player, even with a replacement player for. You know, let's say he plays 60 games, you got 22 games of a replacement player. 100%. Last guy I want to talk about in the Phoenix Suns, DeAndre Ayton, 25 years old. He's in that sweet spot. He's really young. I'm surprised no one pulled the trigger. Must have been uh, The Phoenix Suns must have, must have been asking too much back for DeAndre Ayton because if I'm like a middling team, let's say... Uh, what's a middle team like the Chicago Bulls? You need to do something different. And you might need some young talent on your team. And you might actually need to pay some money for some people. And you might need to be a better team and a better management. And you might have need a better front office. Kind of like DeAndre Ayton in a bigger role. Um, that is not what's going to happen this season, as we've already stated. He only plays 30 minutes a game. He's that numbers. I mean, even with like a really depleted bench, I think that number goes up like to maybe 31. And if so, so what? You know, is that, does that mean a lot more stats for the state? Yeah, foul out. exactly. So he's going to have to not foul out. He's not going to get more touches. He's not going to get more shots. Uh, he is playing with two good guards instead of one, which is positive but that means those guys are going to potentially score more and shoot more instead of lob it up to him like campaign used to do his assists are still the same his steals have not gone anywhere his blocks have actually been middling under one um why am i considering deandre ayton to do anything other than what he did last season at best and if not worse he's currently his adp is currently 53. No true point guard on this team scares me even more for Aiden. Exactly. Why, why would they feed him because when they can make their own shots? Well, and, and here's the other thing, too. Like, he likes to shoot those kind of, like, little mid-rangers and, and that kind of stuff. So does if he takes more of those, is that dragging the percentages down? That's, that's possible, you know. Um, great rebounds. I don't see a lot else I like here. I think this is a 15 and 10 guy with bad assists, bad steals, bad blocks, some good percentages. That's what this you is want. This really sad. Is a top 50 piece. Yeah. He's going in the, what, top 50 He's going 53rd. 53rd? Yeah, like, no, yeah, not for that's me. That's paying full price for him, and I don't want, certainly don't want this dude at full price because, like you're saying, what does he do? Yeah, the field goal percentage is great. So if you don't care about field goal percentage, just throw them. You're not drafting them at all, right? Um, like, field goal percentage is important. It's an important stat. Ten rebounds a game. That is actually pretty good. Like, that's a very, very, very good stat. But overall, you're you're drafting an old-style center with no threes and uh, no assists, basically, um, and very little steals. And you're not getting the blocks. So, I, I quite frankly don't know how he props himself up into the top 50 and how he keeps this top 50, uh, you know, top 50, top 60 going. Is it simply on the back of 10 rebounds and, and a 61% shooting, like, or 60% shooting? Like, it's simply two stats? Like, that's 
One of those things fails. Oof. Yeah, and that's always the worry here is like you're getting a couple category guy and just a small hit in either one of those two categories and you're talking about a player that's really fallen in the rankings and that's that's just not what I want. Like, there's a lot of centers going in this range. Give me Jared Allen because at least he's going to block in a 1.2 shots a game. Give me even someone like Brooke Lopez, right? Blocks are going to be good. Like, Give me someone like that as opposed to Aiton. It's like, if anything, I think all your numbers go down a little bit. And that's just scary. And I'd, I'd ideally like to have my center sorted out before we get to this this clump. Oh, yeah. I absolutely want my center sorted out before I get down to uh, outside of the top, drafting outside of the top 50. Uh, let's play Who Would You Rather Draft? Everybody's favorite, America's favorite game show. Who Would You Rather Draft? Um, Andre Ayton or Jared Allen? I think you just said that one. Yeah, for me it's Allen. Although I will say Frank Vogel is is known as a good defensive coach, and if he can get Aiton to buy in and block, you know, one and a half shots a game, this he could get interesting. And that's maybe something to watch during the preseason is how much is Aiton blocking versus fouling. That'd be nice. Um, DeAndre Aiton or Nick Claxton. <sighs> so Claxton is such a hard Similar. player for me, right? Because like he. He's just also, like, very reliant on those yes. blocks. Instead of having um, no blocks, he's got the blocks. But then he's got, like, a negative free throw percentage. Yeah, I mean, probably Claxton, unless it's Roto. That's fair. DeAndre Ayton or... Prince Sagoon. Man. Doka's a guy who loves defense, too, which that worries me about Sangoon because he's not a great defender. Yeah. Uh, but I'll take Sangoon. I'll take Sangoon as well. So far, other than Nick Claxton, all of the guys I've mentioned have, are, are being drafted ADP-wise after DeAndre Ayton. Um, the last... Ooh. Actually, I'll do two more guys. Um, DeAndre Ayton or Zach Collins. Oof, I'll take Aiden there. I don't know how much Collins is going to play. I a little soft spot for Zach Collins. I feel like Zach Collins is going to be good, and I feel like he's going to play. Yeah, his problem is he's... He, other than last year, he's never been that's healthy. True. That's the scary part there. Yeah, that's true. I think Zach, uh, uh, playing uh, 32 minutes a game Zach Collins, uh, I'm, I'm actually really down for that. Um, uh, that's obviously not guaranteed, nor uh, would be on the top portion of my bell curve of expectations for Zach Collins, but I'm I'm eyeing Zach I'm certainly eyeing Zach Collins this season, that's for sure. Uh last guy. DeAndre Aiden or Chet Holgram. Uh man. I'm gonna go with Chet. I just think there's a lot more upside there. But again, like that's that's a tough call because we don't really know what Chet's gonna do. We really don't know how many games he's gonna play. Agree, but I'm going with Chet. I love Chet. I got Chet as rookie of the year. That's right, you heard it here. Uh, I am putting money on Chet Hogram winning rookie of the year. It's good odds. Chances are he's either gonna come in second, come in first. Um, that's how I see it. So if Wimby ends up, you know, sitting out some games, not playing as many minutes, blah blah blah, Chet Hogram and the 
Oklahoma City Thunder are in the uh, like making a, a Kings esque run into the playoffs next season. The eyes are going to be on Chet, so I uh, I like that. I like I like those odds out there. I think that's it. Like there's like you said, there is no one else to talk to about on the Phoenix Suns. So I don't want to talk about um I don't want to talk about them any longer. Tyler, where can people find you on Twitter? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Tyler P. Watts. You can find me at Watch the Boxes if you like the show. Rate, review us, or uh, tell a friend. Uh, tell everybody you know. Call, get Buy an airplane. Do some skywriting above whatever city you live in about watching the boxes. Now, I know that's like a per letter. That's going to be a pretty expensive skywriting bill. Looked into it, but I still encourage you to do that. Or um, hit us up on Twitter and follow us on twitch.tv slash watching the boxes. We are going to be doing these questions as we approach the season. And the season is approaching a lot quicker than you expect. A lot quicker than I expect, too. So don't worry. There will be a Who Do I Draft series. We will be getting uh, into uh, the deep dives and trying to get you a mock draft every single week until the season starts. Uh, I'm not probably not gonna. I'm not. Pro- I'm not gonna make that as a hundred percent promise, but I'm gonna do my best because I think like right at the beginning of October, it's a little tricky for me. So uh, hopefully you've already done your draft, but and you know what you're gonna do in your draft by the time we get into October. But if you have any questions, hit us up, and we will see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>